Hi, this is Jill Caprolingua with The Flat Out Truth. So today, it's the flat out truth about plastic surgery. As I see it, of course, this is always my opinion. I am not a medical person. This is just my own experience with plastic surgery. And it's a lot of research I've done on my own and some experiences I have had so I hope they can help anyone who's deciding about what to do with their treatment. So I originally, when I was diagnosed, thought, as I have thought even before I was diagnosed, I thought if I was ever diagnosed that I would because it runs very strongly in my family and I have a gene mutation that I would, I would get the double mastectomy. And I even thought about doing it prophylactically to prevent, but I didn't get around to it before it got to me. <laughs> so, um, I discussed the options with the doctor, but the doctor gave me a menu of options that included breast implants or something called a, um, a pro I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Dieppe flap. And that involves cutting through, this is um, graphic, I will warn, cutting through your abdomen pulling up all the skin and removing certain amount of skin, then reattaching it to form what look like mounds of breast tissue. And from what I was told and what I read, it was something like 18 hours of surgery, possibly longer, and it involves a lot of microsurgery and can lead to a lot of complications, infections, and doesn't always end that well and the thing is it it cuts a lot of muscles in your abdomen abdominal wall and I've talked to women who've told me they couldn't stand up straight uh, for a long time they were hunched over because the scar in in their abdomen was so painful and tight and I've spoken to women who had a lot of regrets because it had to be they had necrotic tissue and then the whole entire procedure all the pain they went through is everything's removed and then you're flat anyway so then there's the option of implants and I know several women who've had to have implants removed because they were the ones that were recalled recently over the past few years um for being known to be carcinogenic so you're putting something in your body to help you feel better about yourself but if it causes another incidence of tumor growth that's i don't really see the value of that so i admit i am very biased to the flat life. I love it. <laughs> and I won't say it wasn't hard in the beginning. Of course it was hard in the beginning, but I can't, I'm so glad that I decided to do it this way. But as I was saying, my 
um, breast surgeon, she she gave me those options, and she she didn't mention aesthetic flat closure, which is now the new way to describe staying flat. It used to not even really be. Uh, it, it's often not done by a plastic surgeon, and then I see countless women in the Facebook groups talking about going for the revision surgery. And to me, I'm thinking, why is it such a common thing to say, oh yeah, I'm going in for my revision surgery. I'm going in for my, I have dog ears, which is when skin protrudes on the side because you weren't closed correctly. Or I have too much skin bulging in the middle and that's because they didn't cut through the correct way. Or I have tightness and I can't breathe properly or I can't stand up all the way, or something that I actually have some of is um, a range of motion with my arms is cut because the skin was sewed together so tightly in the center and looser on the sides. So I've had to debate whether or not I would go for a revision surgery. I might at a certain point. I'll get to that a little later in the in the podcast. So I went to a plastic surgeon after I was diagnosed, just to discuss it because the breast surgeon I see works with one person in particular, maybe I think one other doctor, but there's one in particular she works with. And when I went to that office, I was pretty sure I wouldn't want implants. But I said, well, I'll keep an open mind. So I I asked all these questions and I'll, I'll tell you, I already had re- researched the answers and I felt that this... I felt that I wasn't being given the whole truth, but I still, even with a very strong sense of self and with my, my mission, I still left there and was half and half deciding. Then at a certain point, there's, I only had two weeks to decide before the surgery and I, I decided to, to get implants, but then I went to the office before the surgery and was given a stack of papers, uh, at least 50 pages long. Each one was scarier than the next. You had to sign the bottom of every page. I'm sitting here signing, signing, and I'm thinking, okay, bruising, fevers, infections, necrotic tissue. Then I get to death <laughs> that I won't be, uh, I guess my family wouldn't be suing if I, had, if I die, uh, or that any of these issues that come up, like uh, encapsulation, I think it's when they, I'm not a doctor, so I, this is what I know about it, is that it moves, the implant moves, and it kind of like twists and, twists, and then you have to have it taken out. And also, the implants have to be replaced every five to ten years. I never knew that. So I was sitting there and thinking, uh, why am I signing my life away for for two mounds of flesh on my chest when I could just, if I wanted to wear, um, have a, the look of breasts, I could just put a, um, a prosthetic in there. I've ended up ne- really never wearing them anyway. Um, long story short there. But so with, when I was in the office, and I'm signing these papers. I went up to the reception desk. I said, I've changed my mind. And those those people who worked in the office were 
were all of a sudden gathering around me. Can I get you some chamomile tea? Oh, everything will be fine. Oh, no, no, no. You'll be so glad you did this. Then one of them said to me, oh, well, if you don't get this done now, you might not be able to do it in the future and then insurance won't cover it. So I went out in the hallway. I called the breast surgeon's office and her receptionist said, that is absolutely not true. There was a law passed that at any point you can have reconstruction surgery. And she said, don't let them pressure you. She said, if you're, if you're secure in this decision, she, she was really counseling me in a nice way without telling me what to do. And then I felt a lot better about going in there and just saying, no, thank you. I, I'm going to remain flat. So now, three and a half years later, I have a lot of issues. I won't get into all my issues with um, the way I was, the skin was closed back up and the scars were formed and all of the issues I have. That's several podcasts in the future. There's the, there's the aesthetic flat closure that did not happen for me and doesn't happen for so many women. And there are so many women I see stories about. There's a group called Won't Put a Shirt on It. And I, I hope I'm pronounced, um, remembering that name correctly. Yeah, Won't Put a Shirt on It. And it's about a woman who is among many women who ask to be flat. I've heard of women even getting legal documents signed and notarized that the doctor will sign that'll, that'll say, you will close my chest correctly flat not leave extra skin but these women wake up from this very painful surgery reg regardless very painful surgery and they find that the doctor has left all this extra skin hanging and they say to them in a very paternalistic way I know you'll change your mind I know you'll change your mind as if you must be insane to not want uh, breasts to not want these implants so they made the decision for them while they were under anesthesia unconscionable to me that they could make the choice when these women are unconscious and go against their wishes so then they have to go back in for another surgery every time you have a surgery it's a strain it's a horrible strain on your body and the you're getting anesthesia where there always risks with anesthesia so you're getting extra anesthesia for another um another procedure to fix the mistakes there are many ways to close um the the wounds that will make the skin lie flat and comfortable but these doctors will often they don't have experience or they don't put the effort in if it's not done by the plastic surgeon the breast surgeon told me that most of the time the plastic surgeon comes in at the end when she's done. Uh, my doctor did do a great job, but she of of getting rid of the disease. But she um, she left. She usually leaves it to the plastic surgeon. Um, but she sewed me back up, or maybe an assistant did. Who knows? I was unconscious, so I have a, a really not a good result, and I have post mastectomy pain syndrome which is another, um, they estimate 10 to 40% of women can have that. And I believe it's because they aren't closed properly. It could also just be 
Um, in many cases, it's just that the nerves are cut. So many nerves are cut. You have a lot of scar tissue. My scar is really, if you measure it, probably two feet long. So that's a lot of scar tissue on your body. And it can adhere to your chest wall, pull against it. So as far as plastic surgery goes, here's the recent update. I was told perhaps, I was told by the breast surgeon in one of my checkups, perhaps they could do a revision, move some of the skin from the side to where it's too tight and stretched. And it actually affects my breathing. I can't take a deep enough breath because it's so tight in the center. So she said, why don't you talk to my, the plastic surgeon I work with and see what he can do for you. So I called the office and the assistant took all my information and said, oh, I know he can help you. I know he can give you some relief. Let's get you in as soon as possible. And they gave me an appointment. I went in and the, since I had seen him the first time, the office is moved locations and is a suite that is five times larger. He's obviously doing really well with implants, but, and they do the whole, he does the whole thing like in his office, Botox and all those, all those things. So I went in a couple weeks ago with the hopes that he could help me with pain, the pain I'm experiencing and the lack of mobility uh, with my arms. So he came into the room after I, I gave a long explanation of all my symptoms to his assistant. I don't know why they do that sometimes where I, they, I talk to the assistant, I tell the whole story, then she leaves the room. They make me wait longer, about 20 minutes. Then the doctor comes in. Then you tell him the exact same story. Then he leaves the room. Then you wait another 20 minutes while you have no shirt on. Then he comes back so, to examine you. So he came in the room. Did not even say hello, didn't say how are you, didn't say how's your recovery. He sat, he sat down and looked at me and said, why didn't you decide to get implants with me? And he was narcissistically injured, obviously, that I didn't use his services. So I said, well, as you can see, I didn't get any implants, so I didn't go to another doctor. And I didn't want to have more surgery, and I felt this was the safest way to go. Now, he had told me three years prior that I asked, doesn't it make it more difficult to find a recurrence, if there was one, if you have a big implant in front of your chest wall? He said no. And that's absolutely not true, so that's line number one. Then when he said three years ago that he could take some skin from the back of my shoulder and um, on my part of my back, your upper back. And he said, I can use that as a sort of a sling to hold the implants up if we have to. And I said, doesn't that affect the mobility of your arm? I teach yoga. So I know that, that, that certainly would. He said, Oh no. So lie number two, that's, absolute lie and I know someone personally who is in deep regret because she can't move her arm so fast forward back to the present and I I said to him 
I came to you today because the breast surgeon that you work with said that you might be able to help me, that you could maybe get some of the excess skin from the side and move it to the center so that be I'd have more mobility, I'd have less pain, maybe do something with the scar tissue. And I explained that I have post-mastectomy pain syndrome. I don't know if he knows what that is. I just think he puts those implants in and that's his where his job ends. So he said, there's nothing I can do and I don't work on flat. I said, excuse me? I said, I thought you did all sorts of plastic surgery. And I said that your receptionist told me she thought that you and, and your medical assistant I talked to on the phone prior to coming in told me she thought that you'd be able to do something for me. And he just had a horrible attitude. This kind of this attitude, like if you're not going to get fake breasts, I don't want anything to do with you. You're not worth talking to. And obviously there's a profit motive for him. And he, you're a recurring customer if you get the implants. First of all, because... I can't even count how many women that I know personally or I know through the Facebook pages that try the implants first, then often go back, they go to flat, but they, they'll, they'll have multiple surgeries. I'm talking an average of five surgeries, so many infections, so many problems, so many issues. And even when they first, they can't always first put them in right after you have the mastectomy. They often have to put in these expanders and they put ports in your skin. Again, this is graphic. They And then every week for about six months, you go in and they fill them with saline to stretch your skin so they'll be able to put the implants in and do another surgery. And it's horrifically painful from what ev everyone I've talked to has told me. You're, you're stretching out your skin to put in where there's not enough skin left to put in these toxic bags of goo and he he doesn't even put in saline which would be would be a little safer because he said oh they don't feel as natural anyway i said okay so you can't do anything with surgery even though to me it seems pretty crazy that he can do an 18 hour, hour microsurgery and move your whole abdomen and 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 pull it up and give you a tummy tuck and then reattach all the nerves to build two mounds of flesh and but he couldn't move a little bit of the skin from the side to the center of my chest i think the incentive there was that mine would be a relatively cheap surgery and those surgeries are probably uh, i i don't know upwards of who knows how many $75,000 i did a little research on that but Probably more. Um, so from the looks of this office, which was so high end, unbelievable. The waiting room was like, I said, this is like a cafe. I mean, they had like a coffee bar and a beautiful chic furniture. And interesting side note, my husband said that every single person that came into that office in the waiting room was a woman between 20 and 30 years old who he said, did not look like they need any plastic surgery. But I think this is part of the plastic surgery industry that I do not like. This this instilling a sense of insecurity to sell more product, which is these 
the, the menu of options, plastic surgery options, and we'll get the wrinkles in your forehead, we'll give you a new nose, we'll, we'll plump up your lips, etc., etc. Of course, the large breasts. And every woman in that office, from the receptionist to the medical assistants to the nurses, were, I am sure, 30 or under, dressed perfectly, long nails, in, they must have a makeup artist on staff. Everyone was made up like they were ready for a runway. So if you're sitting there and you're feeling bad about yourself and all these women, these gorgeous women around you are saying, oh, yeah, you could do this, too. So anyway, that's a tough one. So back to my conversation with this doctor, he said, I said, I've been told that a, an option could be fat transfer to bring they remove fat from one part of your body and they put it where you're lacking because I have an area that's on both sides that's way too tight. He said, oh, well, I only do that with women who already have breast implants to fill them out further and make them look better. That won't work for you because you're flat. Okay. It was such attitude in his voice, such a demeaning attitude. I'm thinking, I my insurance is paying for this person. By the way, he got over $750 to insult me and make me wait multiple times. I was there for two and a half hours, even though I had about five minutes of time with him insulting me, although he did leave and come back. So he left the room. He came back. He said, well, take off, take off your shirt. I'll, and I'll come back and see, I'll see what I can, what I can tell you. And I waited a half an hour with my shirt off. I felt like it was I mean, sure, he had other patients to go see that were much bigger money makers than me, but I think it was another snub. You didn't get surgery with me, so there you go. Wait in the room with no shirt on, humiliate you further. He comes in, he looks at me, and I said, what about the dog ears on the side? Couldn't you do that? I said, I've seen multiple, um, I know of people and I've seen multiple Listings on Facebook groups of women having those removed. He said, oh, you don't really have much of the dog ears. He's like, he took his fingers and pinched on one side so hard that I yelped. I went, ouch! Like, and he didn't even react. He had, this guy had zero empathy. And he didn't even react to me yelping in pain. The next day I had a bruise. I would say that's pretty abusive. And then... He looked at me with disdain and disgust, and he said, listen, let me tell you this way. He said, let, imagine you have a garden that has all dead weeds in it, and it's got manure on it. There's nothing growing. It's not fertile. He said, if I take more manure and throw it on top, nothing's going to grow. It's not going to help anything to grow. So he said that, and then he repeated that, Again, two times he told me. he. So I'm a pile of manure and decaying garden? Unbelievable. And you could say, oh, maybe he didn't mean anything by that. No, words matter. Why did he pick those words? Why couldn't he have said something if he, if he really, if the fat transfer really wouldn't work? Why not say something like, well, if you have some dry earth and you pour an excess of water on it, it might evaporate, something like that. Because from what I've heard, the fat transfer might not last. It could, so that, to me, that seems to make a lot more sense to try to explain your point. But 
that was the the end of it. Then he said, well, if you want to try to schedule the fat transfer, go ahead, but I'm not doing it twice if it doesn't work. I'm thinking, I'm not doing anything with you. And I was really in a state of shock, really in a state of shock. It was humiliating. It was sta- I was in a state of shock about this. And I thought that a doctor's job was to heal, to help people feel better. And I thought the according to his websites, to make you feel better about yourself. But he did everything possible to make me feel one inch tall. But it did not work. I'm flat and proud still, and that's not going to change. I'm happy with my decision, even though I have these issues that I shouldn't have uh, if it was done correctly the first time. But that's a systemic problem that I'll get into in the future because... Because of our society and our obsession with breasts, um, the flat closure, the aesthetic flat closure is not seen really as a viable option. And it's not, it's often never even given as an option. I've spoken to women who don't even know that that's their, their option. When really years ago, until the 1970s, it, it wasn't even an option to get implants. So it's relatively new, but it's all we know now. So that's about it for today. That was a little bit of a rant today, a little bit of an angry post, but sometimes it has to happen. It has to happen if you want to tell the flat out truth. That was the flat out truth and there'll be more soon. Bye.